0: NOOOOO ah! Of downtown State College on the corner of Beaver Avenue and Allen Street. And this episode is dropping on Wednesday, January 16th, so we are already halfway through the first month of 2019, so hopefully the year's still off to a good start for everyone. It is, even though it's halfway through the first month, it's still a good t- time to look ahead to 2019 in terms of the year in books and what books are going to be coming out this year, what you're probably going to want to check out. And that's what this episode of the podcast is about. I have a conversation with Stephanie Kohler. She's the editor of BookPage. That's the monthly publication. If you go onto our second floor, the adult services department, we distribute it each month. It has book reviews, interviews, features on books coming out. And Stephanie's been the editor for the past year and a half. BookPage actually just celebrated its 30th year last year, and it distributes to 400,000 people readers uh, through bookstores and public libraries across the country, and it's based in Nashville. And in this conversation, we take a look back a little bit to 2018, what Stephanie saw in books and some of the popular and trend, uh, titles and trends, but we mostly spend a lot of time talk, talking about 2019 and what are, and she has some great insight into what some of the hot titles uh, some of the big books that are going to be coming out this year that you're going to want to check out. Hope you know, Sclo will, I'm sure, have most of them, if not all of them, that uh, you can check out of the library. As uh, it, it looks like it's going to be a great year again for for books. So, hopefully, you enjoy my conversation with Stephanie Kohler of BookPage as we look ahead to how 2019 will look for the year in books. Today we're uh, joined by, uh, with uh, Stephanie Kohler, the editor of BookPage, and uh, Stephanie, thank you for joining us. Um, I guess, first of all, could you talk a little bit about, you know, your background, you you have a passion for books, libraries, and obviously now you're editor of a publication that we receive here at Sklo Library, and many libraries receive them. where, where, Where did that start?
1: Yeah, I'm glad to hear that you get BookPage. We serve about 3,500 libraries across the country. BookPage is a book review magazine. And as editor, so I'm in charge of um, selecting some of the books. I, I select all of our interviews, and I also work with our editorial team to make sure that we're taking a look at all of the forthcoming fiction, nonfiction, mystery, romance, teen and children's books that are coming out. Um, my background is actually in libraries. I was a fundraiser for a public library foundation here. I'm based in Nashville, Tennessee, and I raised um, money for the Nashville Public Library. I'm super passionate about libraries. And uh, from there, I did. I worked at Ingram Content Group, which is a wholesaler for libraries. Um, and I worked on the library side over there. And then I came to be editor um, about a year and a half ago. Um, really wanted to be more booky, and there is really no place more absorbed in the world of books than, of course, in publishing and a magazine about book reviews. It's pretty, pretty boogie, so I've read a lot more <laughs> this year than I ever have in my whole life. <laughs> yeah.
0: I was going to say, is it almost like a, a dream come true? Because, I mean, you, you get to find out a lot about the new books or whatever. I mean, it's gotta be, it's gotta be a, a great for, for someone who loves books and libraries to, to be in that position.
1: I've become a lot more interesting at dinner parties.
0: <laughs> people are asking you what's coming up and all that, all that. It's um, true. I, i oh, sorry. People ask,
1: me, people ask me a lot about what should I read next? And I'm like, oh, I definitely can tell you. What to read <laughs> <definitely know." laughs>
0: That's great. I know, uh, the, the, publication at school gets picked up all the time i always look forward to the next month's issue to see what's on the cover interviews um and the reviews it's it's just a great publication so congratulations to you and your staff for for doing that
1: thanks glad to hear it um
0: i guess just we'll take a moment to look back on last year uh 2018 what Um, either trends or um, what was popular last year, what what you observed in the year in books?
1: Yeah, it was a good year for books. Um, Obviously, there was a lot of political coverage, um, tons and tons in that arena. Um, We covered some of that. Um, Some of the more political-oriented books we talked about were on the historical side. So I'm actually going to mention, too, as we go looking ahead, But um, books from Doris Kearns Goodwin and John Neacham, both of those excellent authors, had new titles this past fall. Um, Another trend that I personally like is there were two books that we really loved by Nigerian authors. Um, They're Welcome to Lagos by Chibundu Onzu and My Sister the Serial Killer by Oyen Braithwaite. And both of these books are set in Lagos, um, Nigeria, and they're darling and amazing and I love them and everyone should them <laughs> so, <laughs> nice love for my favorite thing yeah. um but in so some topics some top books that uh came out in our readers uh choice poll so we BookPage released their own, our own um best books of the year and but we also asked our readers what their some of their favorite books were and some books that came up there's a lot of crossover between our two lists but some books that came up were Educated by Tara Westover, which is a memoir about a woman who was raised without formal schooling and then goes on to um, get a PhD. It is riveting, and I know that's a word that people use to describe books a lot, but once you start reading this thing, you're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Wow!" Um, Another popular one is Circe uh, by Madeline Miller. Um, She also wrote The Song of Achilles, which was very popular. Uh, and this is a telling, a retelling of in Greek mythology of uh, the goddess Circe, and it's definitely got a, a a strong female point of view, and uh and it's it's great. Um, in a in a year of many books with many strong female characters, this was a really really strong one to me. Um, another one we really loved were was where the crawdads sing, which is a debut novel by Delia Owens. She was a nature writer before, and uh, the book is set in the wild marshlands of North Carolina, and it is some of the best nature writing I've read in a long time. I really felt like I was there um, on a little little boat putting through the marsh. So it was really good. <laughs> wow. those, those are just some of the top books that we were really excited about from last year.
0: Yes. Are you allowed to say what personally was your favorite <laughs> book of last year or is
1: that'
0: not? <laughs> <Go against> editorial <laughs> protocol
1: I <laughs> you know no I um, uh, so I can have my professional opinion now um, my personally my favorite book of last year is a book by Ling ma it was a debut it's called severance and it's Uh, I loved it. It's in uh, sort of my special wheelhouse of both literature and lightly sci-fi. So it's a post-apocalyptic book uh, that about an office worker who agrees to stay on while the world ends around her and continues to go to work in a high rise in New York. And it's just delightfully mundane and um, a little bit quotidian. She just, you know, she just figures out how to get to work every day. Uh, while everything is going down around her, which, and it's just beautifully written. I loved it. I loved, I read it in a night. I was like, so that's Ling Ma's (laughs) evidence.
0: Great. (laughs) Um, looking to head out to this year, I guess we're already in, uh, 2019, but, um, what are you predicting or what do you, what do you think is going to be, uh, some hot titles, uh, going ahead for this year?
1: You know, last year we didn't have as many, like, huge books by huge names. And this year we really do. And pretty the list I have for you today is, you know, just heavy hitters all the way. Um, so there's definitely some really exciting things coming up. Um, you want me to tell you about some of the fiction books? That are, that are,
0: yeah, why don't we start there?
1: Uh, Let's start with fiction. Okay, so uh, Elizabeth Gilbert, who um, is the best-selling author, author of Big Magic and, and Eat, Pray, Love, she also writes novels. And she has a new novel coming out called City of Girls, coming in Riverhead, from Riverhead in June. <clears throat> and uh, this uh, City of Girls is narrated by 95-year-old Vivian, who recalls her youth spent in the theater world of the 1940s New York, where she lived with her Aunt Peg and the owner of a rundown Midtown theater called the Lily Playhouse. So we've got um, Liz Gilbert, who, you know, just is amazing. And I actually haven't read any of her Not her fiction, but her nonfiction, especially Big Magic, is a book that I recommend to people all the time. It's a wonderful book about creativity that everyone should read. (laughs) Uh, Next we have um, perhaps the year's buzziest debut. It's a book called On Earth, We're Briefly Gorgeous by Ocean Vuong. It's out in June from Penguin Press. It's the first novel from Vrong, whose poetry collection, Night Sky with Exit Wounds, won the Whiting Award and the T.S. Eliot Prize. So he's typically been a poet. But in this novel, it is a letter from a son to his mother who can't read, exploring their family history from Vietnam to the United States. And lots of buzz around that one. But also extremely buzzy is the new book by Colton Whitehead that will be out in July from Doubleday. It's called The Nickel Boys. So on the heels of his Pulitzer Prize and National Board National Book Award winning The Underground Railroad, Whitehead takes his readers to the Jim Crow South of early 1960s segregated Tallahassee, where Elwood Curtis has been sent to the infamous Nickel Academy, which is based on a real juvenile reform school in Florida that operated for 111 years. Hello. I also have two surprising sequels, Mm -hmm. and by surprising, I mean sequels to books I never thought there were going to be sequels to. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, okie doke. uh,
0: um, Sequels, that's always dicey sometimes. (laughs)
1: Yeah, these are both going to be, I'm super excited about both of these. So uh, the first one is, uh, so Elizabeth Strout's Pulitzer Prize winning Olive Kittredge, which came out in 2008, has uh, a sequel. It's called Olive Again. It's out in September from Random House. Uh, in Olive, again, she returns to the seaside town of Crosby, Maine, for the next decade of Olive's life through a second marriage, a fluctuating relationship with her son, and encounters with unforgettable cast of characters. And uh, Elizabeth Strout, you know, she's a, a, a you know, award-winning author. And um, I, I have read Olive Kittredge, and it was it's such an understated book. It's one that you know, if you read the description about it, you're like, what? Uh, you know, maybe it doesn't, doesn't sound like it's going to have a lot of car crashes in it, but it, it certainly has a lot of human crashes in it. Mm-hmm. It is a very uh, wonderful character study, and I can't wait to hear what happens next to all of Kittredge. <clears throat> the next one is, uh, so I don't know, did you hear that Margaret Atwood is writing a sequel to Handmaid's Tale? that's the no, thing.
0: Wow. Well, <laughs> I mean, maybe because uh, it's obviously popular on uh, on. Television now the um, yeah the so yeah.
1: exactly so of course there's the Hulu uh, TV show that's incredibly popular and the and in a lot of ways the Handmaid's Tale is, has really reentered the public discourse in the last couple of years so uh, out in September there's going to be the Testaments. It's a sequel to the, her, her 1985 dystopian novel, The Handmaid's Tale, and picks up Offred's story 15 years later, along with voices from two other female narrators from Gilead. And I have a, a quote from Atwood about the book that says, Dear readers, everything you've ever asked me about Gilead and its inner workings is the inspiration for this book. Well, almost everything. The other inspiration is the world we've been living in. I um. I, I like a lot of people. I'm very curious to read this book.
0: Yeah, that will be, that'll be a big buzz when that comes out.
1: <laughs> yeah. The it's a, it's a big book. Yeah. Um, another book that I, I, I mean, to sort of speak personally, I've been waiting for this book forever. Um, over the last eight years, I have periodically like checked on this author's Twitter to see if they've started tweeting again. Um, because, like, like six years ago, she was like, I'm too busy writing my book to tweet. And I was like, okay, I'm waiting for your Twitter to become active. Anyway, um, it finally picked back up, and I'm so, so thrilled to tell you about The Starless Sea by Erin Morgenstern. It's coming out in November, um, so I've been waiting for this novel. She's the author of The Night Circus, and it's a fantastical new tale about a grad student in Vermont who discovers a strange book in the library stacks and books about books which could also be a trend. I think it's a perennial trend. Is um, something that BookPage really loves. So whenever we have a book that's about books, we're like, mm. yes,
0: please. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the uh, book that came out last year, that uh, the library book that, um, that that seemed to get a little bit of a buzz, and uh, and um, I actually talked to Susan Orlean. That and that's a great one for people who love libraries and.
1: Yeah, we talked to her as well. And that book is now um, was just announced as part of Reese Witherspoon's um, book club. So it's even getting a little bit more visibility.
0: Nice. Um, You mentioned last year, obviously, it was a big book uh, with political um, books and nonfiction. Um, Anything coming up this year with uh, nonfiction or uh, from a political standpoint?
1: I do. What a great segue. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, my first book is a political book. Yeah. Um, so, so continuing the trend of history books that re-examine U.S. presidents in light of the current political climate, and that is absolutely something that happened last year. We've got The Problem of Democracy. The President's Adams Confront the Cult of Personality. It's coming out in April from Viking. It's written by Nancy Eisenberg and Andrew Burstein. And it's great for anyone who enjoyed John Meacham's Soul of America or Doris Kearns' Goodwin Leadership in Turbulent Times. Those both came out this fall. It offers an intimate family drama about the father and son presidents, that's John and John Quincy Adams. But it also has a critique of their prophetic warnings about demagogues and democracy, and so that idea of cult of personality um, was a precursor to folks like Andrew Jackson, um, another a sort of moment in the pre-Civil War era. So well, exciting history yeah. and uh, and uh, in our current times. I also have so the, uh, <laughs> not in politics. Totally changing direction. I've got um, in the nonfiction. Category: I've got Nanaville Adventures and Grandparenting. <laughs> um, so that's a, that's <laughs> a little bit more. That's uh, a little
0: more, yeah, cozy. <laughs> whatever. Yeah,
1: I like to switch it up. Like, not everyone wants to read political books. Sometimes you want to read a book about yeah. being a grandmother.
0: Yeah, it's an off-year election year this year, anyway. So maybe, <laughs> maybe we can take a.
1: <laughs> read. Um, okay, so this is by Anna Quidlin. Quindlen, she shares her thoughts and observations on being a grandmother. And here's a quote of. Here's a quote from the book about her grandson. And I love this quote. Sometimes author Arthur sees me and yells Nana in the way that some people might say ice cream and others say shoe sale. No one else has sounded that happy to see me in many, many years. (laughs) Coming in April from random house. Oh, that'd be good. All right. uh, Let's go back serious. We're going to swing the other way. So I've got, um, so the New York Times has referred to him as the Poet Laureate of Medicine. His writings on neurological conditions include the man who mistook his wife for a hat. Acclaimed neurologist, Oliver Sachs, passed away in 2015. And Everything in Its Place, which is coming out in April from Knopf, serves as a, as a posthumous last word on his varied interests and observations. And he's quite popular. So that I think that one's going to be a big book. Ooh. One of our favorite categories at Bookpage is is true crime. Our readers really enjoy it. I really like it. And uh, like the library book by Susan Orlean, when the world of true crime also meets the world of books, it's a special sweet spot for us. So I've also, so this year I've got Murder by the Book, The Crime That Shocked Dickens London by biographer Claire Harmon. It's coming in March from Knopf. It's a true crime story set in the 1840s in London that also tracks the rise of the novel as a as a form um, as new printing methods make books cheaper and more abundant. So there's a murder and it's somehow related to a book. I won't give it away. Okay. <laughs> and the the combination of true crime books and books about books is very interesting. And it reminds me of one of my favorite books from 2018, the nonfiction book. It's called uh Conan Doyle for the Defense by Margalit Fox, and we interviewed uh, Margalit, and she was really, really interesting. She's she writes for the New York Times, and this is Conan Doyle was the story of the time the author of the Sherlock Holmes books got somebody out of prison. Sure. It was super interesting. Um, I have some, also have some honorable mentions for yeah. nonfiction. I'm just going to like really fast go through them. Um, so I've got in May there's. Aloha Rodeo by David Woolman and Julian Smith. One sentence about it. In 1908, three Hawaiian cowboys traveled to Wyoming for a rodeo competition. (laughs) I'm wanting (laughs) to make a joke about cool runnings. Don't happen. I'm just going to mention it. Right.
0: I watched that. That sounds. (laughs) Yeah, no. It's like, what
1: Hawaiian rodeos? That's amazing. That's good. Uh, There's also a true crime book about a 1970s murder case that sparks the interest of a famous author. It's called Furious Hours, Murder, Fraud and the Last Trial of Harper Lee by Casey Sepp. And then finally, I've got Outrages, Sex, Censorship and the Criminalization of Love. It's by Naomi Wolf, about an 1857 law in England that criminalized homosexuality. Those are my honorable mentions for Nonfiction next year.
0: Well, there's a lot of um, good stuff for people to look forward to. Um, just is, is that uh, I was just noticing you were mentioning some of the release dates. Is that normal? It seems like the nonfiction come more in the spring, and then the fictions more in the summer. The top ones is that uh, uh, um, what publishers look to do, or is that just coincidence?
1: Well, the fall is really the biggest publishing time. It is a little lighter in the winter. Um, so right now, kind of January, February, March, there's plenty of wonderful books. There's plenty for us to talk about in book page, But you really start to see things pick up as we go into the summer, and then they'll kind of continue strong for the through the end of the year. So some of these books are are, are pretty far out. But you asked about the biggest books, so these are these are the big ones.
0: Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> um. I don't know, is there anything with, with the, the young adult um, that y- you know or you, that will, could be coming up this year?
1: I didn't write anything about okay. that. No, <laughs>
0: yeah, no. I, 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 um, so in terms of a uh, book page, um, any th- interviews coming up that, you know, we can, you, you want to talk about that you're excited to maybe promote and uh, readers, uh, patrons of the library can look forward to?
1: right so um, our our January issue is already out and so we talked in January we talked to Lindsay Fay for her novel The Paragon Hotel um, and then we also um, so that we had that and then we in March I've got um, Yangtze Chu for her book The Night Tiger um, and that's uh, set in Malaysia and we're really excited about it and we don't know our interviews for April yet so
0: okay, but that's have have uh, good stuff to look forward to yeah yeah. Um, one, uh, and as we we're, we're wrapping up uh, a question, I ask a guest on this is, uh, books or books, a book or books that have maybe impacted their lives. So your life, whether as a child or maybe more recently, um, I, as a lover of books might be tough for you to choose, but, um, has there been a, a book or books that have, um, made an impact on you?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a hard question for book people to answer, right? Really for any reader, what's your favorite book or a book that's impacted you? So I came up with two. Um, I'm just going to have to live with that. Um, sorry. No, I'm not sorry. Not sorry. Uh, so the the first one is a book that came out in 2006 and I read it a, around that time. Um, and I, so this is gonna be a long story. I, this weekend, I was reading Becoming by Michelle Obama for my book club and it, it talks, it's a wonderful book, do recommend, um, but it, it talks a lot about her healthy eating initiatives that she worked on when she was first lady. Uh-huh. And I was really struck by how much our, the landscape has changed in terms of the way people feel about healthy food and the sort of more holistic way that we talk about healthy food, um, sort of even, even sort of goop lifestyle Health, healthy, clean world—all that stuff is is fairly recent. And it made me think of uh, a book that I read um, about ten years ago called *The Omnivore's Dilemma* by Michael Pollan. And it was for me the first time that I ever really thought about food at all, like what I was eating and why I was eating it. And uh, and at the time, I you know got myself a farm share, um, uh, community supported agriculture, and. Uh, you know, complete, like went vegetarian and completely changed my whole life, and and I was thinking about how that conversation started. Maybe not because of the omnivore's dilemma, but definitely around that time. Um, and it's it's amazing to me how conversations about how or how books um, can work with you know trends in 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 our culture, and and ultimately for the better. You know, there's there's definitely some good things about having healthier food available for everyone. Yeah, definitely. That's my first one. My second one was, um, uh, so yeah, so now I'm the editor of a a book review magazine, and I read um, an absolutely astonishing amount of books every year. But back in 2013, I really wasn't reading that many books. Even though I worked in the library, I worked in marketing and spent a lot of time online. I was a social media operator, and so was really more invested in in, you know, reading things online and, and not reading as many physical books or even ebooks. So a book that changed that, um, it was a book that I read in one night, um, and it's called A Constellation of Vital Phenomena, and it's by Anthony Mara, it came out in 2013, and it's a book set in sort of in between the Chechen Wars and in Eastern Europe, and it was a book that reminded me of, of how books can transport people to into other places and the value of that, and sort of Really reconnected with me for me personally that difference between the more surface reading that you do when you read an article online, which is also still good, um, and that more in depth experiential reading that you do when you just get totally lost in a novel. So, thanks, Anthony and Mara, for reminding <laughs> me one of life's great pleasures. I read many novels since then.
0: <laughs> wow, yeah, that's a question I, sh- I guess I should have asked. And then, curious. how many books did you read last year? Or how many books do you? you know as editor of this publication do you, um will you read you think in a given year
1: it's so it's so ridiculous um uh so i read like 70 pages of about 20 books every month wow but i don't read all of them because i don't have time for that right yeah <laughs> No. So, and then I'll finish probably five of those. And then, so that's just like for work. And then I also have like, you know, my book clubs and I love to listen to audio books in the car. So I do, I do um, like the Goodreads reading challenge, and I try to keep it around 25 books of actual completed that I chose to read. They're almost always backlist. Um, and backlist means books that are, you know, more than a year old or so. So I've got my books that I missed from the past or classic books or books from two years ago, three years ago. So I try to only try to keep a space in my life for the books that I get. I love, um, but I also read a lot of of books that I I like. I mean, I like everything that we check out. And um, if I don't like something, I let my staff know. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) that's
0: great. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for your time. Again, um, I know uh, Sklo loves getting book page each month and the patrons enjoy it. I know I enjoy it. So uh, we appreciate the work that you do and your staff does. It, it's, it's, it's great. And then good luck uh, the rest of this year.
1: Yeah, thanks, um, and uh, good luck on the podcast. I listened to a couple of episodes, and they were really great. Sounds oh. like you have really cool stuff going out there.
0: Yeah, uh, we're proud of the library here, and, uh, and yeah, thank you so much. And and hopefully everyone gets to enjoy the, the books that you suggested, and it should be a good year for books.
1: Good year. I hope every year is a good year for books and for libraries. Libraries are a gift gift. To our culture and our civilization, yay!
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's a great, great note to end on. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Thank you. So be sure to pick up Book Page each month. New publication, a new issue comes out each month. The January issue is still out. The, it features a cover story on the Paragon Hotel, the new novel by Lindsay Faye. But each month uh, has interviews, uh, features, and of course book reviews across all genres, fiction, nonfiction, young adult, children's. it just has tons of information if you love books or, and looking for, always looking for new titles to read or recommendations. book page is a great publication to check out each month. Some, other, some events happening at SCLO coming up. On Friday, January 18th, free vision screenings returns to our children's department in the children's activity room. Nittany Eye Associates is a great partnership SCLO has with Nittany Eye Associates where the uh, doctor will come in and, and can check out children's visions from 9 a.m. to 1130 a.m. It's a first-come, first-served basis. On Sunday, January 20th, Penn State's Women's Leadership Initiative is hosting an event, Let It Snow, in our children's department from 2 to 4 p.m. Uh, crafts, activities for the whole family, that's uh, Sunday, January 20th from 2 to 4 p.m. in our children's department. The link, the mobile unit from Pennsylvania Link, will be back in front of SCLO on Tuesday, January 22nd from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., If one of your goals for 2019 is to look for a new job or to get a new job, this will be a great place to go. It has resources to help you with your resume, help you with your job search. That's from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. The link is back in front of Sklo on Tuesday, January 22nd. Center County Reads, of course, we've been talking a lot about that, had a podcast episode about it with uh, Maria Birchill of our Adult Services Department. The Vulture by Katie Fallon is the book. Events will be kicking off for that on Tuesday, January 29th, when SCLO will be showing the documentary Winged Migration at 6 p.m. Center County Library in Belfont will be showing the the film on Thursday, February 1st. But it, the brochures will be out soon if they aren't out already. They have the whole list of events. Book discussions, the writing contest, and of course, it caps with Katie Fallon's visit on April fourth at the Nittany Lion Inn. So again, Vulture is the is the book, Center County Reads book. Be sure to read that, check it out, and participate in all the events. Winter reading for if you're twelve years old or older, this is similar to summer reading, winter reading program in our adult services department. You can start registering for that on Sunday, January 27th. Set goals and start logging your reading. It, it ends in March and you can get tickets, win prizes, gift cards to restaurants and other places in the area. So uh, it's, it's a great program. It's new for SCLO and similar to summer reading. So check that out. You can register starting on Sunday, January 27th. The Children's Write and Illustrate Your Own Book Contest is continuing. Uh, children can continue to submit their, their work for the contest through March 12th. So if you have a child who likes to write, illustrate, it's a great contest. Uh, there is a writing workshop coming up in February with Ann Bergevin. We'll be talking about that later. But uh, you can register for that on, at schoollibrary.org. And of course, everything is on our website, schoollibrary.org social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We have just a ton of events coming up as we are getting into the new year, and be sure to check everything out, and hopefully you're enjoying the podcast episodes, and until next time, we hope to see you at Slow Library.